0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe in Bingle podcast. Solomon Wilcox joining you here and also joining me is James Rapine of Locked on Bingles doing a wonderful job covering everything about the Cincinnati Bingles on the daily. James, how are you doing today?
2: I'm well, Solomon. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Um, Right now, I'm concerned about our football team. I'm concerned that we could end up losing the services of one T. Higgins. Now, before we dive into this conversation, I want to give you just some of the numbers that I have that I don't know that many people are talking about in terms of what he brings to the Cincinnati Bengals. Because we know we have some great talent, right, and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. But T. Higgins, over the four seasons – that he has been with the football team, his catch rate, 63.8% of the time when he's targeted, he's coming down with the football. 81% of the time when he actually catches the ball, in other words, his 257 receptions, roughly 81% of those, exactly 209 of those catches have resulted in a first down or a touchdown. That's phenomenal. I don't know that we can go somewhere else and find another T Higgins, right? They're not just running around. So help me. Calm me down. Please tell me. (laughs) Franchise tag, contract extension. What are we going to do to keep T Higgins? I
2: I totally agree with you, and I love those numbers because you don't find those. There are are plenty of high-end wide receivers in this draft class, and people will talk about it over the next few months. Not many of them are going to be T Higgins. They're just not. They might project to be and th- there could be multiple guys in the mid-rounds, but T. Higgins is one of those players that you picked and early on as a rookie, he showed oh, this this kid could be different and, and he has been and he's been a big part of what they've done and so I'm on board with paying him. Pay him for the next four years. Get the the rest of his prime. Sign him to an extension and make the money work with Jamar Chase. I, I think they they could certainly do that and keep this trio together, but Ultimately, what I expect to happen, what I think is going to happen, is T. Higgins is going to get franchise tagged between now and the March 5th deadline, and the Bengals will pay him just over $20 million to be on the roster this season and go from there. And usually when you go from there, that means that player leaves in free agency the following year. We saw a similar situation with Jesse Bates last season. So I would expect T. Higgins to be on the roster this year but it might only be this year, unfortunately. BetOnline remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any
1: time. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V for 50%. Off your first
2: deposit. That is a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts.
0: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Most players, when you have them on the franchise tag, it's kind of, you know, I think it was Mike Tomlin who said it with the Pittsburgh Steelers, we want volunteers, not hostages. Something, something about when yes. you... When you designate a player as a franchise tag, for whatever reason, you don't tend to get the best out of them. And I don't think that T. Higgins is not going to give his best. It's just that normally it's almost like you're holding them back from hitting the market. They tend to hit hit the market a year later and they tend to cash in a year later. So um, how do you see that? Because he has always been the kind of player that's given everything that he's got. He hasn't been selfish in any way, shape, or form. Even when Chase has been the number one, he's been really good at being 1B. And whenever Chase has been out, he's elevated his game every single time to give us the production that we were looking for. He's always been a class A individual with this organization. I don't see that changing, but how might it uh, in some way, shape, or form maybe not allow him to put his best foot
0: forward?
2: I agree. I don't think it will change. I think week one, he'll be on the field and ready to go because he is auditioning for 31 other teams. But to your point, he's probably going to miss some of training camp and all of the offseason program if it ends up being this way where you tag him. and Look, they have until July, if they place the franchise tag on him, to sign him to an extension. So that could still happen. I just think it's unlikely. And it's unlikely because Jamar Chase, and rightfully so, is a priority i think they know that and and the thing the bengals really do have to decide is should they build their team around two star wide receivers in this day and age and and a star quarterback in joe burrow because wide receivers make more than they've ever made i would argue that they're as valuable as they've ever been in nfl history as well and and so you gotta weigh that you gotta weigh that with t higgins's injury history i would never i wouldn't call him injury prone but he has missed time uh, over the past few seasons due to different injuries and has played through those injuries. So I think the, the team in the front office, Duke Tobin, Katie Blackburn, and company, they need to figure out how they want to construct this team long-term. Is it with two star-wide receivers? Because if so, it's going to cost. And if not, then you need to find the, the next, I don't even want to say T. Higgins, but you need to start the evolution to the next phase of things with life without T, because that's a a very realistic possibility if they do franchise tag
1: him. This is a hard decision. I think it's very difficult to move on from a player like T. Higgins. He and Jamar Chase are equally phenomenal in their own right, but they're phenomenal in a different way. You know, T. Higgins will tell you that it's not a 50-50 ball, it's an 80-20. And from what we've seen throughout his four-year career, he's right, right? So he (laughs) goes about... Uh, making plays and doing it in a very different way. We saw that in the Super Bowl against the likes of Jalen Ramsey, where both guys made spectacular plays on the perimeter, but they did it quite differently. One guy uses his range, his height, his length. The other guy uses his speed and maybe his power in Jamar Chase. I, I, wanna, I want to, I you to react to what I'm about to say, because I read this in an article. And someone uh, at the NFL level wrote cleverly that the Cincinnati Bengals can reasonably keep Burrow, Chase, and Higgins together for the foreseeable future. However, they're going to have to do something that's very creative and very innovative in what has been a copycat league. They're going to have to find a way to do it. To that, you say what?
2: I'm totally on board with it. I think that's – that's the way they should be talking right now at pecor Stadium when, when this gets brought up. And obviously they are strategizing and planning, mm-hmm. but keeping these three together, T. Higgins is 25, Jamar Chase is 23, Joe Burrow is 27. So if you're able to keep them together for the next three to four years, and I would say at least four years, yeah. then that title window is going to be wide open. It, it, it's funny, if you look on social media, there are a lot of Fan bases talking about, ah, oh, there's no way the Bengals can do that. They're going to have to trade T. Higgins or move they on to T. Higgins.
1: Them. They want them.
2: That's exactly right. Why do you think they're doing that? It's because mm-hmm. when you see Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins on the other side, regardless of who else is there, regardless of the O line, and I know that matters, but we've seen it. We saw it when they made the Super Bowl. They always have a chance. And so I, I think that they'll need to do that. And to me, and I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but contractually, they did this for Burrow. They're going to have to do it for Chase. Are they willing to, for T, give him guaranteed money in year two? That's something they don't necessarily like to do. You're not getting an extension done with him unless you're willing to do that. And that's probably essentially guaranteeing the first two years of a four-year extension. They're already doing it for one year if they tag him. So why not go an extra year? and keep him under contract for the next four.
1: I think he deserved it. You and I both know if he were to hit the free market, he would get that number and maybe even more, right? In terms of guaranteed money. So I I do think there are times when you have to kind of work outside your formula um, for very special situations. I tend to believe that he uh, is a very special uh, situation. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on to maybe some of the uh, other areas of concern Um, Let's start uh, at the right tackle position. There's no doubt we can continue to add assets to our offensive line. It it doesn't look like we're going to be able to go out and spin in the way that we have over the last couple of years. Uh, What are we thinking with this offensive line? What are you hearing down at Baycourt Stadium?
2: I certainly think they have to address it. One, Jonah Williams has played his way into a hefty payday. And so I think he will sign elsewhere and arguably be the highest paid offensive tackle in this year's free agent class. I think it's him, uh, potentially, uh, potentially um, Unwenu, Michael Unwenu from the New England Patriots. Yeah. Those two will contend for that top spot. And so beyond that, the Bengals can't go into the draft with Jackson Carmen, and Deontay Smith, maybe Cody Ford as your penciled-in right tackle starter. So I, I do think they need to spend in free agency at that spot but I don't think it'll be at that Michael and Nwenu level, that Jonah Williams level. And so is it a Jermaine Illuminor? Trent Brown is someone that a lot of people mention. I, I, th- I think it's tough because I, I look back to last year's draft, Solomon, and Dewan Jones was sitting there. He, he was the, the guy sitting there. Does he love football or not? On, on day two and early day three of the draft, and, and he gets picked by Cleveland. And heck, if they had been able to, to grab him, I think he could have been that developmental right tackle that would have made it easier to go into this off season without Jonah Williams. But to me, it's arguably their biggest need for sure.
1: What about defensive tackle DJ reader? His contract is set to expire uh, as we enter the new league year um, on uh, March 13th. Um, we need more assets, right? When it comes to the interior part of our uh, defensive line, BJ Hill has been phenomenal by the way, but that under tackle that big body in the middle, of the defensive line where DJ reader was so good for the Bengals during his tenure. What do you see us doing there?
2: The reason I said, arguably their biggest need is because I think defensive tackle is their biggest need because you need more than one guy. You need multiple and the DJ reader injury really throws a wrench into things. But because to me, you can't just say, all right, just keep DJ. Because there would have been a whole age conversation anyways, but there's just the injury history. And so I, I think, and I, I continue to look back at the the 2021, March 2021 in free agency when they went after Chidobe Awuzie and Mike Hilton. And they didn't get a star cornerback, but they moved on from William Jackson III and they got two mid-level guys that have given them great value. Yes. That's what they need to do at defensive tackle. And it's much, much easier said than done, but I, I do think that this defensive tackle free agent class There are enough pieces to where they could find a few guys that they like and and spend the the money to to bring in at least two veterans that can come in and help B.J. Hill. And and it's unfortunate with D.J., but I'm not sure he'll be back next year.
1: Speaking of Chiribay Awuzie, his contract is also set to expire as we enter the new league year. Love what we get from Cam Taylor-Britt. D.J. Turner is going to be a second year into this. Expect to see some improvement there and maybe more as an everyday player. But still, I think even if we had Awuzie back, we would still need to maybe add another corner. Uh, Mike Hilton is great in the slot, um, but we still need more depth, right? More presence on the perimeter at the cornerback position. Do you see us adding anything there?
2: Absolutely. And I do wonder with Awuzie, what's his market? I, I really don't know. He was coming off of the ACL and played last year. I thought there were times when he would flash and show his old self, but I, I think it was a lot of him trying to to rebound from that injury, which that happens to a lot of cornerbacks. He was a CB one before he got hurt on Halloween night in 2022 against yeah. the Browns. So, what is he? What's his market like? Will he test the market and? Maybe take a one-year deal with the Bengals. If so, I could certainly see him coming back. But I, I look at the draft, and, and they could sign a veteran like Awuzie or someone of that level. I look at the draft and don't rule out a, an early corner. You know, on Arnold from Alabama is someone a lot of people are going to start hearing about. I, I think that there will be guys like that where you, you look at it and you, you may see a, a day one at pick 18 or day two corner for the third straight year for the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: A lot of the data shows that you're better off being um, overly protected in pass coverage than you are um, in and around the defensive line of scrimmage. Yeah, you have to win the line of scrimmage, but when it comes to the passing game, that you have to be prepared um, to uh, match up in coverage more so than trying to generate pressure and spending a lot of resources on getting that pressure. Sometimes, as you all know, you got to manufacture it with scheme. But when it comes to sheer talent, uh, hard to manufacture coverage with scheme all the time. You need players on the back end. All you need to do is look at the Kansas City Chiefs, who have had one of the youngest defenses in the National Football League, and all they've done over the last two years is win back-to-back Super Bowls. As you get to where you're paying a lot of money for your quarterback and wide receivers on the offensive side of the ball, how important is it that you draft well on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary?
2: It's one of the biggest question marks for this team because I I think Dax Hill showed some promise, even though he's under fire, I would say, from a lot of people. Dax Hill showed promise. Jordan Battle flashed towards the end of the year after coming in for Nick Scott and earning a starting job. Cam Taylor-Britt, when healthy, has showed that he could be uh, a starting corner for sure. He's a bu- DJ-
1: ball hawk, isn't he?
2: No doubt. No I, doubt. And, I, I, and making I, I, big plays yeah. and he's got the energy. He brings the juice yes, like his do. nickname. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. And then DJ Turner, I, I think he's going to get stronger as most rookies do going into year two. And, and I, I, you can't teach that speed. I think he's sticky in coverage. Yeah. And so I like a lot of what they have in the secondary, but they have to take a step forward. And part of it is you, you just need to make sure that these guys develop the right way. And if they can do that, I think there's reason why Dax Hill could be really productive this coming season or or reasons why DJ Turner and and Jordan battle can come along and and be part of the solution in the secondary at the same time. I don't think they can stop adding in that room either because you can never have enough and there are always injuries and you need to have a backup plan just in case one of these guys doesn't develop like you hope.
1: Our secondary, our most and, and maybe best and most consistent player in the secondary is Mike Hilton just phenomenal in terms of the many roles that he plays in the secondary but after losing Bell and Bates um, to me is what I call third level secondary defenders right Uh, you have the guys who can play in the box you have guys who can play at that second level uh, along and around where the linebackers but you need people who can keep offenses from throwing the ball over your head and I I don't think we ever had a tandem of safeties like what we had with Von Bale and Jesse Bates, who never let people throw the ball over their heads. I mean, they were always there in position. And then their communication was so good at that third level. We're still looking for that player. I mean, we're still looking for that one guy who could quarterback it all, see it all, communicate it, and still be there. Uh, to prevent those explosive plays. The Bengals gave up more explosive plays last year in the secondary than any other team. Just your thoughts on, look, and I know we've got a lot of assets already back there, but we clearly need to add more.
2: I think the key word, and you you nailed it, is communication. Mm -hmm. And when they lost Jesse Bates, well, he's the best center field safety, I would say, in the league. So losing him is, is huge. But then you lose Von Bell as well. And he's the communicator. I think that if, if you were able to keep one of those two, the communication would have been much better. And instead, it's a really young room yeah. with a free agent and Nick Scott, who's a former seventh rounder, coming in. And there wasn't the communication. Because if you look at Dax Hill, Jordan Battle, physically, they're capable, athletically, talent-wise, capable of doing what Jesse Bates and Vaughn Bell did. But it's an instinct thing. It's a communication thing. And so I, I do wonder if they'll go out and get a veteran, not necessarily a pricey veteran, but a veteran that can play that center field role if they need it. I also think Dax can grow into that, yeah. but when you're a contending team, you might not necessarily have the luxury of letting him grow into that. That's why we didn't see him much in as a rookie. And then last year, obviously it was a mixed bag for him as a deep
1: safety. You need the veteran play at the safety position. Um just way it's so much offenses are complicated they motion they shift um, they can put you in a position where if you're not communicating and it really does help the linebackers okay it helps in the underneath coverage where you have someone who's communicating what's happening and making sure that people are in in the right areas and in position uh, to make plays it's so very important uh, gotta ask you about this um, how prepared are the Cincinnati Bengals And look, I'm not talking about 2025 in in terms of – because you got to worry about this year. But you and I both know that Joe Burrow, his contract or cap number in 2024, is so much more amenable at about, what, $24 million against the cap. It balloons to 50 against the cap in 2025. And I think that's the year. That's the reason why we are all kind of nervous going into this offseason – because they are looking ahead to 2025, uh, what are some of the, the the issues that you see lurking in 2025 that even could impact how they do business this off season?
2: Ultimately, I think they still have plenty of of cap room and yeah. flexibility.
1: Almost 60 million and, in caps, and
2: and yeah, in even in 2025, you look, yeah. they don't have a lot of guys under contract yet, and part of that has to do with. There aren't many guys from that 2020-2021 class that they either haven't paid or are going to pay. That 21 class, it's Jamar Chase and Evan McPherson. Outside of that, it's just a bunch of guys that are probably going to finish their rookie deals and and go elsewhere. So part of it is they, they haven't drafted well enough to have a bunch of guys that they're going to sign from those draft classes. But there is going to be an issue because as you mentioned with T. Higgins, there's a markup when you go into the free agent market. And so if they go spend more on that defensive front, well, they're already paying Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard and B.J. Yeah. Hill is in the last year of his deal, but they're, they're spending money there. They're spending money at left tackle with Orlando Brown Jr. And Alex mm-hmm. Kappa's under contract mm-hmm. for the next few years. Right. So when, when you have that and you're probably going to go out and, and add multiple veterans this offseason, you need some of these young players. The key to it, and it, we, we mentioned it with the secondary, but Miles Murphy, for example. You need him to, to start to emerge here as a, a real player, a real threat at defensive end. And as these guys, maybe they draft a defensive tackle or draft the right tackle. As these guys develop, it makes it easier to absorb the Joe Burrow cap number, which it's funny. There's going to be multiple quarterbacks this offseason that get paid more than Burrow, but it does feel like it's just insane money looking at that contract. At the same time, I do think the Bengals can maneuver and construct the team and, and build a winning team around him despite that contract.
1: Well, James, here is one thing that I want to be able to say. And I think we need to begin to educate maybe a little bit more because for whatever reason, there's this myth blowing around that Joe Burrow should take less or that a player, any player should take less in order for the team to do business. It's just not a thing. It's just, it's not, it's not, it's not a thing. Like players at some point in their career. And when we talk about where Higgins is, where Chase is about to be and where Burrow is, you spend your whole life working to get to where you either can hit the free market or where your team is going to, going to pay you market that fair market value. Right. Mm -hmm. And none of us, and I don't care what industry we're in, that we get work our whole lives to get to that optimal point in the marketplace where you, where we're where we're looking to be used as a coupon, right? <laughs> to uh, to get below market value. Um, I do think it's important that the fan base know that the team can't afford a good team. You're not going to have a perfect team. I don't. I think our that's where we're at now in the National Football League. There are no perfect teams. Every team, even if you look at say the Kansas City Chiefs who've won back-to-back Super Bowls, they've had holes in the roster, right? No doubt. They've, they've no had doubt. areas where they've got guys who can't cast the ball and they still won it. You know, <laughs> they another year they may have young secondary members who actually got it, who actually outperformed their where they were drafted. So um that's where we're at right now. When you have a salary cap and you have free agency. If you're looking to form the perfect roster and thinking you ask a quarterback to give back, to take less so that the team can do its business, I mean, that's speaking more to the emotion. And the players are about their business. The coaches are about their business. The organization is about their business. Everyone is optimizing their opportunities economically here.
2: No doubt. And. Joe Burrow is there will be quarterbacks that aren't as good as Joe Burrow making more than him. he will be underpaid during that deal. That's
1: right. He will.
2: It's, it's wild how it works, but it, it is how it works. And yeah. uh, when I, I look at the chiefs, for example, and man, they, they just, they hit on all these picks, but they're a, a flawed team. That's if right. Burrow doesn't get hurt, are we sure the Bengals can't beat the chiefs? Oh, I'm I
1: sure think they, they, they would I'm have sure a shot. They can. <laughs> yeah.
2: No doubt. And, yeah. and it's, and even though they are flawed, even though there's all these holes that we'll talk about all offseason. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at constructing a team, would you want to have a perfect roster and a so-so quarterback or an imperfect roster with the dude at quarterback? And the answer is the second one. You want the dude at quarterback in this league. The Chiefs are the example of that. And, and the Bengals, they're going to do their best to to try to build around Joe, and they should. And And if some of these young guys do pan out, I think that they're going to be a problem for opponents this season and beyond.
1: But we also have to help our fans to know Joe Burrow is not overpaid by any stretch of no. the imagination. <laughs> it's like, it's not a thing. I, I I hear it. And I know that you can turn to a lot of talk shows and you hear these terms. They simply do not apply to Joe Burrow. I mean, he, uh, there's no doubt. There are certain quarterbacks in our league. Like I don't even think Patrick Mahomes is overpaid. Um, mm-hmm. He has lifted, right, the entire economic engine that is the Kansas City Chiefs. So that means he's well he's well paid. And I think Joe Burrow, summarily, has done the same things with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, obviously, staying healthy moving forward, you want to continue to see this team win. But I think if he is, if he is healthy, this team will continue to put up Ws. What, what are your projections moving forward? We still have to get through free agency in the draft. I know that, but... Uh, just a healthy Joe Burrow, I'm liking where this team is headed.
2: Yeah, the reason he's not overpaid is because d- – does anyone remember 2019, pre-Joe Burrow?
1: There
2: In <laughs> the decade prior to that when they did make the playoffs five straight years and mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it does now. And yeah. he's the a big reason why – not the only reason, but a big reason why it feels that way. And so, no, I think that they're right there. With the elite teams, because they have Joe Burrow, because they have Jamar Chase, because they have Trey Hendrickson, I would say those are the three blue chip stars they have on the team. T. Higgins probably a slight uh, a half tier lower than that, but I expect him to be on the roster this year as well. Yeah. And so they can can they continue to add to it? Well, because Joe Burrow's in town, you've become a destination in free agency where Orlando Brown Jr. wants to come to Cincinnati, where guys like that. Yeah. Are looking. I'm sure there are free agent right tackles that love the idea of coming to Cincinnati and blocking for Joe Burrow. So, yes, I think they're going to be right there. Health is a factor. They have a lot of holes, but I think that they've they've had the self awareness in recent years to know where they need to address what they need to address, mm-hmm. and for the most part, they've done that. And it hasn't always worked out, but they've certainly addressed it and not neglected it. So, I expect that to be the case this off season, and I expect the Bengals to be right there, not only in the AFC North, but but right there in the, the thick of the top of the AFC next season.
1: Yeah, Joe Burrow remains a force multiplier, right? He makes this team and this city a destination for other NFL players who are looking to join a winner in a team that's on the rise and on the uptick. And again, um, there are no perfect rosters right now. <laughs> that's just the climate of the National Football League. And that's where the quarterback is really the good ones, the truly good ones are expected to make up the difference, right? To be that force multiplier, to get that team over the top. But it's just hard uh, in today's economic era of the National Football League to have this dominant roster. Uh, They just don't exist in today's uh, NFL. James Rapine, we thank you. Great work as usual. Keep up the great work around the National Football League. Thank you for joining us right here on the Believe in Bingo Podcast. This
2: is the story of the one.